The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday is coming up on Monday. The King Center announced that this year's theme is The Beloved Community, The Fierce Urgency of Now. The Reverend Dr. Bernice King, CEO of the King Center, says her father's message of the beloved community operates out of unconditional love, adding that it's not about who deserves anything. It's about all human beings having an inherent worth and value. Zernona Clayton embodies those values. She worked with Dr. King and Coretta Scott King at the Southern Christian Leadership Conference in the late 60s. In 1967, she became the first African-American in the Southeast to have her own television program and served 30 years as an executive at Turner Broadcasting System and founded the Trumpet Awards to recognize accomplishments of African-Americans. Zernona Clayton joined me and three other panelists in front of a live audience at GBB Atlanta for a screening of An American Story, Race, Amity, and the Other Tradition. The discussion turned to how conversations with people normally considered other can plant the seeds of amity. I asked Ms. Clayton about her remarkable relationship with Calvin Craig, a grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan who credits her with his decision to denounce the Klan in 1968. Zernona, there's a, from 1968, there was a grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan who actually denounced the Klan and he credited you. With that turnaround, how did that happen? Was that a conversation? Yeah, a lot of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, got them in the plan. we had a program here in Atlanta that uh, Mayor um, Ivan Allen at the time um, pulled together for Atlanta, and they had uh, five different communities that they were trying to experience to see um, if what you have to do to pull people together. And so since they were diverse groups, uh, he thought that I would do well being the moderator of whatever of the group. And he says, I mean, of the groups, there were five different uh, communities. And he said, but there's one problem. So what's that? He said, uh, one of the members of the group is a Ku Klux Klan person. And do you think you'd be uncomfortable? I said, I don't know what they look like, because I've never seen it except white robe, but I don't know what they really look like in person anyway, so I don't know how to be afraid or not. But um, I finally met them. And the next day after we had this nighttime meeting, he came to my office and sat down. He said, Miss Clayton, he always called me Miss Clayton, and that's significant, I'll tell you why. But he said, um, do you know how many colored people own their own homes in uh, Detroit? And I said, no. Do you know how many colored people own their own homes in Yazoo, Mississippi? No, I don't. And the answer that he gave me was there were more colored people in Mississippi owning their own homes than there were in the free north. Hmm. We thought that you go north, you find freedom, you could do well. Mm -hmm. But he said, see, they do better in servitude. And he would bow his head all the time. You agree? No, I don't agree. (laughs) That happened every day. Um, And I finally said, you're taking numbers and uh, making it work for yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew that if I confronted him and battled with him, we'd go nowhere. But I'd listen to him talk crazy uh, (laughs) and then uh, give my point of view. But without making the story real long, um, he started telling people about me that I didn't know. Uh, I had a a white man call me on the phone and said, 
I'd like to take you to lunch. And I said, well, I don't go to lunch with men I don't know. And he said, well, I've got to meet you. A burning desire. And I said, well, what's so imperative about this? And what's so compelling that you must meet me? He said, I've known Calvin Craig for 18 years. I've never heard him say anything decent about a black person. And I just want to see for myself if you are black. And I said, well, I'm black, but I'm not going to lunch with you, you know. But every day he'd go home and tell his family, you know, that Miss Clayton is a wonderful person. Every day, I understand the family. I've become very close to the family now. But every day he would tell them how wonderful I was. And um, one, he was a deacon in his church, chairman of the deacon board, and it was a Baptist church. And I said, well, now, I'm a Baptist. And I said, what Bible do you all read in your church? And found out we had the same book. And I said, oh, well, it says in my Bible that you clothe the naked, feed the hungry. And it doesn't say if they only look like you. Mm. So what do you do now? And, um, And he would laugh it all off. But I said, how can you stand before a congregation? You're the chairman of the deacon board. You're a Christian. How can you look at that? pulpit, I mean from that pulpit, knowing that you feel with bigotry and standing there representing God, and he kind of, you know, felt uncomfortable about that. Well, uh, this went on for a long time, and finally one day, every Friday, he would ask me, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, well, i got a dinner party, and I've got to go home and get ready, and he said, well, who's coming? And I'd name some of my guests, and he said, those are white people. And I said, yes, I have white friends. Really? Oh, Miss Clayton, I could never eat at your house. I said, Mr. Craig, I've never invited you to my house. <laughs> <laughs> and so this particular Friday, he said, um, I've got a secret to tell you. And I said, okay. He said, but I can't tell you. And I said, well, he's playing games. And I left him. I went shopping on a Saturday, came back home. And when I turned to my street, I lived on a quiet street. I saw all these cars in front of my house, and since I live in the hood, I thought I'd been burglarized. But <laughs> they were there because Mr. Craig had a press conference that day and announced that he was coming out of the Klan and credited this black woman with na- changing his negative attitude, yeah. and I was that black person. It's such an amazing story, but you are talking about seeing each other on a human level, and I'm glad you said that about the data. We all have data. We've got arrows we can pull out of our quiver of, you did this to me, and you did this to me, and I know this fact, and you know that fact, and I don't think anybody actually gets anywhere with that. And Don, yes, please. One part of my story that I think is important. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I said to Mr. Craig is that, um, when you go home, go in the bathroom, close the door, that's a very private area, and ask yourself, you don't have to talk to me, ask yourself, you're taking your children on Friday nights, put them on white robes to go out to do bodily harm. Uh, You're standing before the congregation with Christ in your heart and evil in your mind. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, what kind of Christian am I and what kind of parent am I? And you can come up with an answer. You know, he probably did that and probably realizing that he's passing bigotry on to the next generation, and he's also discrediting his love and relationship with God. Yeah. That's what I think. 
please do join me in thanking all of my panelists here tonight. And thank you so much for joining me. Zernona Clayton, civil rights leader, colleague and friend of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King, speaking at GPB on Race Amity Day in 2019. She is founder, president and CEO of the Trumpet Awards Foundation. Even after Calvin Craig died in 1998, his daughter, Gail Craig Mays, avoided talking about his association with the Klan. That's until 2010 when she contacted Zernona Clayton and started an entirely new conversation. Up next, this year's Oscar nominations were not greeted as signs of equality. Stick around for that conversation after the break. As Mahalia Jackson, a favorite of Dr. King, leads us out with Keep Your Hands on the Plow. This is On Second Thought. Talk about me as much as you please. The more you talk, the more stay on the knees.